Have you ever wondered how Pelpalooza in Portland started? Or how a bike ride where cyclists dress up as Bowie or Prince or ride naked can help grow this thing called bike culture? In this PLP Talks, I interview Aileen Crotty, an early bike funnist in Portland, and also the festival director of Film by a Bike. We talk about the origins of Pelpalooza and what exactly is bike fun and how it works to help support advocacy and grow this thing that we sometimes just vaguely call bike culture. Welcome everybody to another episode of PLP Talks where we have interesting conversations with people that we know in and around the bike industry. And before we jump in, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review on iTunes or however you discovered it. And if you like content like this, consider supporting this podcast and our YouTube channel. All the links are in the description and show notes. You can do it via PayPal and Patreon. This is going to be a fun episode. We've known Aileen for a number of years, and she was really pivotal in that early bike fun movement in Portland and has a lot of insight in how it started, how you can start it in your own community. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. Uh, so I'm super stoked to have on the show Aileen Crotty. She's a longtime friend of ours from Portland, Oregon. She's the editor of orbike.com, which uh, lists bike events in the Pacific Northwest, as well as being the festival director for Film My Bike. So thank you so much, Aileen, for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is exciting. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was to really explore this idea of bike fun. Uh, having lived in Portland, you know, it was kind of like a common term, but I noticed when we mentioned it on our YouTube channel and our podcast, a lot of people were like, what is this bike fun thing? So how, I guess, how would you describe it to someone that's not familiar with it? I think I would describe bike fun as anytime there's an effort to bring people together for a shared love of bikes that has nothing to do with fitness or endurance. <laughs> um, so just having fun together on bikes, it could be riding or not riding, uh, anything around bikes, you know, like coffee outside, you're not riding, but I call that bike fun. Um, and just that idea that there are other people out there with this love of bikes and we just want to be together and share that love together. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I feel like they're outside of like organized kind of like sport events. There's not like usually a venue for people that just enjoy bikes to kind of gather and enjoy the fact that they enjoy bikes. Right. You know, just to tell a little of the origin story here in Portland, I feel like it's for me the easiest way to describe what I see as bike fun and the power of it. And that is that we had great bike shops. The city of Portland, this is early 2000s, the city of Portland, super supportive, doing great stuff with infrastructure, being leaders in that realm. Um, so infrastructure, retail, then we had advocacy. The advocacy was good. They were doing good work. But there are a lot of us who didn't want to be involved in, in the advocacy. We didn't want to be lobbying in Salem, our capital. Um, so we had critical mass. And that was fun. But it was also confrontational and we're in the streets and, you know, we had issues with the police and we fought our struggles with the city. And it just left a little bit of a bad taste in the mouths of some of us because it wasn't it wasn't only vibrant and fun. It also had this sort of protest element, which is fine. And I'm all, all about that in certain realms. But we recognized that we weren't there to fight with people. We were there to celebrate bikes and to have fun together. So what what needed to come next and we didn't know but we knew that when we rode our bikes to work we were sometimes the only people out on the road and if you saw someone else commuting to work 
You nodded at them. I mean, you did because there weren't a lot of us out there, especially on the rainy days. Um, and so there was this desire to hang out with other people who understood that passion for bikes. And that is where the bike culture really spawned in Portland is just that desire to be together and talk about bike stuff, whatever, whether we're talking about gear or your favorite route or how you get from one part of the city to the other and avoid traffic um, or how you bike with kids. All of those conversations were able to happen because we developed gathering spaces and it was like, sure, the concept was let's go ride around and do X, Y, Z, but really it was just an excuse to get together right. um, and in, in a non-competitive way. Right. So I think like one of the the cool manifestations of Bike Fun that we got to participate in was something like Pedalpalooza. Um, how did, do you know how that came about originally? Yeah, Pedalpalooza is such a cool event. It's an event that I encourage all sorts of cities to implement because it's super easy. It's a month or a week of bike events that are all hosted by different people with the idea being there's an overarching group that helps put out the calendar for that month and promotes it but different people from the community volunteer their time to lead an event if they have interest in something like heritage trees i'm going to take people on a bike ride to see the heritage trees in town or share my interest in murals and so there's not a lot of overhead and it's not like a central organizing committee needs to get burnt out because people are coming in at their own skill level and interest in contributing those skills. So we started at Critical Mass. We, one day, uh, were hanging out after a ride and somebody brought a flyer from uh, Bike Summer, which originated in San Francisco. And he had seen this and he brought it down. Some friends had it. I think it was when it was happening in Vancouver, BC. And he showed it to us, and it was someone involved in Chunk 666, which mm -hmm. you guys can look that up. It is <laughs> That's old cool school. <laughs> bike culture, old school bike culture organization making freak bikes. And the guy was like, doesn't this look cool? And I was like, yeah, it looks so cool. Why don't we have Bike Summer in Portland? And he said... I don't know, but I sure as hell am not going to organize it. So <laughs> I quickly realized that we were going to have something cool like that. It wasn't. We were going to have to find some people who loved the idea, and that was at the time when we were looking for something beyond critical mass and wanting to do something different. And so we shared the idea amongst a group of us, and we started this month-long celebration of bikes with these free events. San Francisco had at the time a planning document that they sent us that was like 10 pages of how to organize a bike summer, where to order your stickers and what your central organizing structure should be and how to basically setting us up for success. I give them so much credit for really setting us up for success. So that was 2002. We spent about eight or nine months, maybe even longer, maybe longer organizing ours in Portland and launched it for an August season. And it was all of August and it went so well that afterwards we all sat around and said, well, that was fun, but we don't want it to end. We weren't burnt out, which is huge. Anyone that's an activist and knows how organizing things go to host a month long event and not be burnt out and have your central organizing committee fired up to do more speaks volumes. So our, our main, our structure and format worked great. And after that, we continued on with Bike Summer in smaller versions, and it eventually blossomed into what is now Pedalpalooza, as we call it. Um, so a month of free rides, activities, coffees outside, breakfasts on the bridges, workshops, clinics, art things, long overnighters, short day rides, naked rides, and 
everything in between. Um, and it's really been a great way to galvanize our bike community every summer. We do it in June now. So it's a great way to launch summertime and get people excited to ride bikes. So was that the impetus for starting Shift or did Shift exist before that? Yeah, that was. We basically, when we had that meeting after Bike Summer, the original, and said, what what next? We had had this um, this organization called like the Portland Ad Hoc Bicycle Working Group or something very early 2000s. Yeah. And that morphed into shift. So we quickly realized bike summer was fun. Bike stuff could be fun. We don't have to be advocates. We don't have to have serious um, meetings in terms of like advocacy and working with the city. We can just be this group that focuses on fun. I came from a little bit of an environmental and political background. So I left all my political stuff I was doing at the time with indie media and the Ralph Nader campaign. I said goodbye to all of that. I said, I made a decided statement to everyone. I said, I'm leaving and going to do bike stuff because <laughs> it was so fun and it was totally infectious and we were all focused on positivity. We were all wanting things to be fun and positive and welcoming. Everybody was welcome, no matter what kind of riding they liked to do, no matter what kind of bike they had, no matter what their background was. And it was super inclusive from the get-go. And I have to say, a lot of our leaders, the people making things happen and actually doing the work and coming up with some of the most inventive ideas that stuck, a lot of those were women. And we had the strong leadership of women and all these dudes just right next to us, like it was no big deal, super equal. And I'm like, I look back at that now and I feel like so much of our society seems like it has regressed from that right. because we just had this powerful movement. And I'm a firm believer that we got to where we are today because we had so much equality and so many voices at the table. Um, and Shift continues to this day as kind of an organization working year round, making bike fun stuff happen. And it's it's just great to see that. Um, so for someone that's never been to Pelpalooza, like when, when you say rides, they are, a lot of them are pretty silly. So like, I remember there's the ginger ride where people would, would, would come and have like a, a red beard or something. Like what are the other kind of goofy, just like fun, random things that happen on Pelpalooza? Uh, one of my favorite are the, I call them the versus rides. So it's when someone's like, who's better, Bowie or Prince? And they have a ride where people come together and they show their stripes in uh, love of one of the two characters by dressing up in costume. Um, there's also one that's like Beastie Boys versus, oh, I can't remember who they battle with, but those versus rides are super fun. And we also have um, a loud and lit ride where people come out at night, sound systems, lit up bikes. It spans blocks and blocks and blocks. It is such a sight to see. It's loud and it is lit and it's really powerful. It's crazy. And it's got the whole crazy party element going, but it's also just like such a cool artistic spectacle to see. Um, we have the World Naked Bike Ride happening. We had that back in, I think at our original bike summer. So we've been doing it for quite a while. And the ride in Portland is really large and really inclusive and fun. Um, then there are also some more contemplative rides and rides that focus on education. So kid and family stuff. Um, 
rides that help people who want to know a little bit more, get to learn a little bit more. And those tend to be some of the smaller rides that happen daytimes and, you know, weekend, early mornings. And it's great. So there's a little something for everyone. If you're not a party person, there's daytime and morning or evening stuff that's not focused on drinking and being raucous. But if you like the drinking and raucous, there is that too. And then we do have a few group, uh, folks who host some overnight rides and some bike camping, the quick overnighter to learn what bike camping is all about. Um, and those are fun to see. So on any given day, weekend day during Pedalpalooza, there may be as many as 20 events to choose from. I mean, our calendar has just exploded. Um, and the Central Organizing Group does a lot of great work to educate ride leaders on how to be a good ride leader, because most people are coming at this with no experience and they just have the great idea, but they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Um, and no one's paying to be there. So there's no you know, it's not a legal thing where you have to know what you're doing. Um, it's just a nice thing to know what you're doing. So there's a lot of cool, cool resources put together on how to be a good ride leader. And they actually lead a ride early on to kind of train people. If they want, you can attend and figure out, like, what are some best practices? when You've got a group of people following you. You know, there's like little intricacies you can do to keep everyone safe, keep everyone together and make it fun and help people feel really welcome there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we we led one ride one year. It was the zombie apocalypse ride, and I remember it's the <laughs> the ride leader being totally stressed out, you know, because there there's more people yeah. than we we expected, and then we had to like you know we we planned the route so that it was like pretty family friendly and everything, but still, um, yeah, pretty intense. So what would you say um, was in the water in Portland at the time that you know made this develop, or like what are the elements that you think you know a community should have for, for something like this to, to take off? I think what helped us launch as uh, an innovator and a leader of this movement is that we were already a very outdoorsy community. So Portlanders love to be outside. That's kind of part of our core feature. We love being in nature and walking and hiking. So biking made sense. Um, we're also, uh, we were very scrappy back then and thrifty, so saving money and being on bikes and grassroots movements. We were very political, so organizing came easily to us and kind of not looking at what does the system allow, but instead just making things happen. Also, Portland's a very much a try it, figure it out, see if it works, scrap it if it doesn't work kind of a city. So we're not afraid to try new things, even if the idea hasn't been tested elsewhere. And that's really a core feature of what makes Portland so cool is that we're willing to skirt the norms and just try whatever and, you know, try food trucks. Hey, food trucks are now like a big thing because we just tried it and it turns out it's pretty great. Um, so I love that. I love that inventiveness of this city. But I think any city that has people riding bikes, commuting to work or cruising on the weekends, there's a good chance that those people would like to do more than just that and that they would like to hang out with other people who ride bikes. And I think a festival like our Pedalpalooza, whether it's a week or a month, is a great format and formula for getting people together. It's low overhead. It doesn't cost money. You don't need permits. It's And you can have such a wide variety of activities. And I see a great example of this is in Bendigo, Australia. They have a young and burgeoning bike community there. And they are looking worldwide at what all sorts of other cities are doing for bike culture. And they're picking and choosing the elements that work best for their city. But they're not worried about 
inventing a lot of new stuff necessarily, but taking ideas that are out there and modifying them. And it's so cool because they do a bike palooza They do this month-long celebration. They do all sorts of cool rides. Um, and it's really galvanized their bike community. They've been, they've been doing it for a few years now, and they're really pleased with what they're seeing and how engaged people are. I know that um, we, we kicked off by saying that, you know, Bike Fund was kind of um, an alternative to bike advocacy. Um, but do you think it helps the bike adv advocacy cause as well? Or like how, how do the two kind of um, things like intermingle? Yeah, one thing I think is cool about Bike Fun activities is that it helps people develop a language around cycling. So when you're in a group and you're talking and you're like, I kind of think I need some bags that can hook to my bike. And someone's like, oh, that's a pannier. And you're like, a pannier. Okay, now I know what a pannier is. And uh, we won't get into how you pronounce it. Um, you pronounced it correctly. <laughs> I pronounced it the rough way. Um, but this, that's like, a, and then we learn about things like what is a curb cut? What are these infrastructure things? And we start to, to develop an awareness that there's a language and we have a right to the road and we have a place here. So we build a community of people who are aware that they deserve a place on the road. And it creates a confidence and a pride in what we're doing. So as the advocacy folks are doing what they're doing, now they have this community of people backing them up, maybe getting involved, but spreading that same language. So it becomes more commonplace to talk about cyclists having a right to the road and needing protection and deserving protection out there. So I think it all sort of feeds into each other. But one of the things I love the most is the ability to learn those, that language and get that general understanding by just hanging out with other people who are talking about this kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's inevitable. Cyclists love to talk and talk and talk and share ideas. And I think that's so cool. We're a really generous community that way in terms of wanting to help educate others. Yeah, I think that's, that's so true. I feel like when I got into bicycle commuting in like 08, you know, there's not like a bicycle, bicycling commuting group you know, if you want to race, you know, you can go to the local shop and join the team and they'll educate you on that stuff. But in terms of having like a support group um, to kind of know what you need on your bike or how to ride on the road or like what you're entitled to as a as a cyclist, um, it's, you know, they're, they're, it just doesn't exist. So something like Bike Fun or Pillapalooza or something is that kind of like support group. Yeah. And sometimes there are workshops on that kind of thing. But personally, I'm just not inclined to go to a workshop on a thing like that. I'd rather it just be immersive where I'm out there, I'm hanging out, having coffee outside and I'm learning a little bit about like, hey, what's the best gravel bike I should ride or whatever. It's just such a, it's a much more fun environment for learning about topics. And then clinics and workshops are great, don't get me wrong, but they're not for everyone. Um, and just being out there with other people and learning from them, I think is a really cool way for us to gain knowledge. Currently, you're the uh, festival director for Film by Bike, which I think is the ultimate example of bike fun. Like, when did, how did that start? What was, where in the timeline in the Portland bike scene did you have the, the idea for Film by Bike and how has that developed? Yeah, so early on, we wanted to host a, we, so we had this cool idea. At the time, we were hosting bike events, but they were all pretty much underground. We would take over an open lot, have a little party, maybe people would bring beer. But it wasn't legit. It wasn't on the up and up. We didn't have a permit. And people, as they started to 
come who had families or other responsibilities. Some people just weren't comfortable with that. It wasn't comfortable to go to an event that wasn't legit because they just, you know, they were skirting the rules and that wasn't comfortable for everyone. So we wanted to host an event where we'd be totally on the up and up. We'd have a beer garden. We'd take over a park for the day to do all sorts of cool bike activities. It's going to be a whole bike fair, um, but all that cost money. So at the time, there was a guy here making bike movies, and it was like this crazy concept. And none of us that have ever really seen movies about bike stuff that were made low budget, just funny concept, really crafty, witty stuff, little shorts that were like seven minutes long. And we decided, what if we show a bunch of his films and bring people together and charge an admission and raise money for this other event? And we filled our hall where we were showing the movies. We had a standing room only crowd outside. We had people buying tickets knowing they wouldn't see the screen necessarily, but they just wanted to be there and be a part of the movement and support it. And these are people, a lot of these people didn't have a lot of money, but they just wanted to be a part of what was happening. And immediately I knew we were on to something because that energy in that space was infectious that night. So that was year one back in 2003. And we've just been growing and evolving ever since then. Um, the movies have changed a lot. We started on VHS tape uh we moved to compact discs and dvds now we're digital uh, and life is all and now my house is a lot cleaner because <laughs> i don't have a bunch of dvds in it um it's been really fun to meet filmmakers all over the world and we started as a portland festival with regional movies, because that's all we could find. Then we started bringing in movies from all over the world, and it was so cool to meet all these filmmakers and be able to get a glimpse of what's happening in bike cultures and the ideas and minds of creative bike people all over the world and to be able to share that with Portland. And we were always meant to be this event that was a celebration for the Portland bike community, an arts and culture event for Portland at large, but over the last few years, uh, about the last six years, we've started going on the road with our collections because other cities came knocking and asking if they could show our movies. And we realized we put so much work into the Portland Festival and compiling these collections of movies. Each collection has a nice arc to it. So there's highs and lows. And we really want to take the viewers on a journey as they're sitting in the theater and really plan out what note are we ending on and what message are we sending and what feeling are we evoking by this collection of movies? So when others came knocking and asking to show them, we figured it made sense to give our filmmakers a broader audience and to also take this work we had done and continue it throughout the year. So now our collections go on the road worldwide throughout the year to about 30 cities and that's growing and we're always looking for new places to go. Um, that's been really, really fun. And then the way those shows are being used is we provide the content and the locals make the event happen. So they might want to do it as part of a bike festival. That's what Bendigo Australia does. It's a big Friday night show. Um, Chicago did it as a give back to their bike community and as a fundraiser for World Bicycle Relief. So we're seeing high school mountain bike teams use it as fundraiser. Um, trail work groups are doing it to raise money for trail work. So it's just basically a tool in the bike advocacy toolkit that can be used however people want to use it. 
Um, we, we're going to be in Boise, Idaho next week, which is really exciting. So we're, we don't necessarily go to where the shows are, but we try and go when we can. Boise is a cool spot. I think you guys will, will enjoy it. It's got lots of, uh, nice bikey, bikey stuff going on. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things, um, you know, talking to you the last couple of years about how you've expanded, um, you know, film by bike, you know, you've turned it into this kind of, you know, turnkey package so that, you know, people that, that want it don't have to do all the research or, you know, get the digital files. It just makes it like super easy. Uh, in some ways, it, it's kind of like a poetic circle, like how you guys learned from Bike Summer in San Francisco with, you know, like the writer guy impact, you know, you've, you've kind of done the same thing in spirit with, uh, you know, the Film by Bike Festival. Yeah, the funny thing is I was realizing this the other day. I was like thinking back of how we got to where we are. And I remember once upon a time, friends and I sat around and we're like, we're, we got we got this bike culture thing down. Like we've got cool stuff happening in Portland and it'd be really cool if other cities could have some of this bike culture stuff too. And like, how do we get it out to them? Like, do we do a toolkit? Do we do a little road show? Do we try and do conferences? And all of that was like so unwieldy and kind of boring and traditional. And I realized film my bike is really doing a lot of what I'd always wanted to do in terms of exporting bike culture and giving people the knowledge and tool to galvanize their bike community and grow their bike community and raise funds for whatever their causes are. So we provide a lot of handholding and support along the way. In addition to the files and the resources and graphics, we also help them style out their event. What makes sense for their community? Should it be a Friday night or a weekday? Should there be two shows or one show? Should there be a beer social afterwards? And it's so fun to work with groups and talk through like what makes sense for where they are and um, what, what should that event look like? And I always tell them there should be some sort of a social element because watching movies in the theater is rad, but people want to talk about them afterwards and having a hangout of some sort is really what galvanizes the event, brings people together and makes it more of an experience and then gives people that space to have conversations, make connections, learn the language and just feel more connected to the bike community. So you've got Boise coming up uh, next week. What's the most kind of unlikely location that you've you've had a, a film by bike? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, we used to work with this group, and they'll come back to us at some point. But they're called the Lata Trail Foundation, and so they've got they're one of these groups that has a trail, an off road trail that they built. I think it was probably a rails to trail. And they wanted to celebrate the opening of their trail. So they invited us to present them with the movies. They did a big celebration. They're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it went really well. And they did that for a few years. We also had this cool group we worked with in Akron, Ohio last fall. And they have a road that got closed because the city decided they didn't want to maintain it anymore. But it was a really popular cycling road because kind of off the beaten track. And they wanted to do a campaign to raise money to keep the road open for cyclists only. And they were looking at ways to raise money and they came to us. And this was like a cool group of volunteers in their 50s and 60s. They didn't have much experience running events or fundraising. They didn't know anything about the tech side, renting a theater, putting movies on screen. 
And we worked so closely with them. Their event went really well. They were so nice and like Ohio earnest. And it was so cool. to. And we haven't yet heard how their project's going. But I just love the idea that what we're doing here can be used for projects like that, which is such a cool idea. So it's neat to see how different groups are making use of our resource to further whatever they're working on. That's awesome. It can be used as a fundraising tool, advocacy tool, uh, but still like packaged in something, um, you know, that's not browbeating, you know, but brings right. <laughs> kind of joy. Yeah. And our, our Bendigo Australia folks are to me, super exciting because I love what they're all about. They have this vibrancy, this youthfulness about what they, they want to brand themselves as the most bike friendly city in all of Australia. Um, they put our logo on their t-shirts. They think it's a mark of pride to be showing film by bike. And to me, I'm endlessly honored by that. I could die happy knowing that there's all these Australians uh, loving film by bike. We've been in Several Australian cities. I've still never been to Australia, but I would love to do a tour of the cities that host Film by Bike there. Um, and it's neat to see that now that we we beta tested this program for a few years with Ithaca, New York being our strongest partner through that process and helping us learn what made sense for other cities. And now that we're really going for about three solid years, we're starting to see repeat cities. And that to me is where now we're really ready to take what we've learned and take it to the next level. So we're hoping to expand from here. We just launched a partnership with NICA, the youth cycling organization. They right now are focused on youth mountain bike teams nationwide. Youth Mountain biking is the fastest growing high school sport in America, which is really, really interesting, bigger than football, um, or growing faster than football, I should say. Um, but we launched a partnership with them. So teams and leagues throughout the nation can get a grant rate to host a film by bike show. So a discounted rate to do what they're doing. And we have some special information that we provide to them. So we're excited to be supporting the next generation of cyclists and getting kids on bikes and helping out with all of that too. So in your experience, um, you know, bike fun, you know, it's, it's no stranger to Portland, but do you still find that there are, you know, cities around the world that are still kind of discovering it? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think the term alone, a lot of people are like, what is that? Um, I remember once I asked a, someone from the Netherlands about it and this was a long time ago. I was interviewing her and she's like, bike fun. Cause to her, she's like, we just do this every day. Um, so the concept was a little strange. You know, if, if we get to the point where I don't need to use the term in Portland anymore, because it's become so commonplace, I would see that as a great sign of success that we have become just part of the fabric of everyday life here and part of society that way. Um, I feel like this whole bike fun movement and bike culture and needing to have a language around that is an intermediary step to just being part of living. You know, you just live, you breathe, you might drive a car, you might ride a bike, you might walk, like it's just part of what you do. Um, but I do think that any city that's got people enjoying being on bikes or any town could benefit from growing their bike culture and galvanizing it. And I also think it gets more people on the road which as we all know, just once you get more people on the road on bikes, it helps everybody in the community recognize that there are people who like cycling and they start to behave differently on the road in terms of safety and learning to drive around 
bikes is not an easy thing. So the more people we get out there, the more visible we are, it makes a huge difference. And then we start to see policy changes and we start to see cities implementing infrastructure. And now we're seeing so many cities doing Sunday streets, open streets, Sunday parkways type events. Um, we've got three, two new ones popping up in the Portland metro area, in Milwaukee and in Beaverton, which are suburbs here. So I know these are popping up worldwide and they're happening because they're seeing these bike culture movements happening. And it's a way for cities to get involved on a, on a more city style level. Yeah, it's cool. that's usually how I've kind of uh, viewed the relationship between bike fun and bike advocacy. You know, bike advocacy... Um, you know, these are people that are, you know, consulting with the city, working with the city to make the infrastructure changes, but they need to show the con con constituent base, right? And like bike fund kind of grows that base. And, you know, if there's a healthy group of cyclists that like to gather, you know, when you have a call to action to say, hey, call your city councilor, show up at, to this meeting, you know, there's an actual group of people that, that they can tap into, um, yeah, to, 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 to mobilize. Definitely. Thank you so much, uh, Aileen, for being on the podcast. Uh, if you guys want more information about Film by Bike, I'm going to put those in the show notes as well as a link to Pilpalooza, uh, the, the shift shift group that uh, we, we discussed. So definitely check those out in the show notes. And thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much. And if any of the listeners are interested in hosting a Film by Bike, we are here for you. We want to make it easy. There's tons of information on our website, and we're happy to talk it through with you and make it really fun. Cool. Thanks so much, Russ. Yeah, thank you. So that's it for this episode of POP Talks. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to leave a rating, a comment, some feedback on iTunes or however you discovered this podcast. And if you want more, consider supporting it via the PayPal and Patreon links in the show notes. And as always, until next time, keep that supple side down.